And now we get a chance to study the Word of God together. Well, what an exciting series called The Five Metaphors for the Church. Hopefully this will become a little bit more clear to you what we're talking about as we go. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, it tells us, Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Who spoke these words? Just want to see if you're listening. Who spoke these words? Jesus. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. This is the very first mention of the word church in the New Testament. Jesus introduces the subject with a powerful statement regarding his intentionality and his purposes for the church. He tells us that he's the one that's building it. He also tells us that the church belongs to him. Some people think the church belongs to them. But Jesus said, no, it's my church. And he also makes it very clear, I'm going to build it. No matter how much opposition there is, no matter how much resistance there is, I will build my church. And then he even tells us that it's an overcoming, victorious, militant church. And he tells us that even the gates of hell will not overcome it. How many of you are thankful that Jesus is the one that's responsible for building his church? Are you thankful for that? Jesus is announcing for the very first time that he would build a powerful, victorious, supernaturally anointed church. And there are two aspects of the church. And we'll look at a little bit during the course of these few weeks together. But there is the universal church. That's simply every born-again Christian on the face of the earth comprised the universal church. So if you know Jesus personally, you're a part of that church. But then there is a more practical expression of that church, which is the local church. For example, Riverbend is simply one local expression of the big body of Christ. And that is the church. Now, throughout Scripture, God chooses a whole lot of different word pictures to describe His glorious church. Why? Why would He do that? Because every metaphor describes some unique aspect of the church. You may say, well, uh, what are some of those examples? And I would like for you to see it if I can get my remote to work. There you go. There's an example. I may have to get the tech guys to support me as I go through these slides today. Look at those different pictures, word pictures, metaphors of the church. Can you call out one if you recognize it? An army? The bride? The family? I heard someone say that. The flock? Uh huh. The body? There's one more, no one said it yet. The temple, the house, the house of God, or the temple, exactly. All of those are chosen. An, kind of analogies, pictures, word pictures that Jesus chooses that we're introduced to throughout the Bible, but predominantly in the New Testament. Now, you might say, why do we need all these different pictures of the church? Have you ever thought that God himself, the Lord Jesus, is multi-splendid? And it requires not just one word to describe him in his awe and beauty. And so we see that, that one title or one image is not enough to present him correctly. So we have many different uh, uses of, of pictures and titles to describe him, right? Son of God, King of Kings, Prince of Peace, Heavenly Bridegroom, Lord, Master, Savior, Lamb of God, Bride and Morning Star, Good Shepherd, Great High Priest, and we could go on and on. 
If, indeed, that is true for knowing and recognizing and understanding and valuing Jesus Christ, how much more important is this to understand different aspects of the church itself? And so today, we're going to begin looking at the church from these different viewpoints. And I'm dedicating one week for each different metaphor, and obviously not a time for a whole lot of them, but we will cover five of those together today. So I'll play a little brief video introduction to today's focus, which is the body of Christ. The psalmist tells us in Psalm 139, verse 14, scripture that you at least will recognize, at least a phrase, The psalmist says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. What's the psalmist describing? The awesome, amazing creation of our physical body. The body, your physical body. I know people, in fact, we have one individual in our church who's a a medical doctor, is a physician. And he actually came to know the Lord personally and to recognize that there was a God creator and he found him through Jesus Christ during his study of medicine. Before that, he really wasn't sure if there was a God. So understanding just the beauty of the creation of the physical body is powerful in and of itself. Yet, in the New Testament... One of Paul's favorite descriptions of the church, be it the universal church or even a local church, is the description of the church as the body of Christ. So let's look at a primary scripture that is used to describe this, and we'll look at it together and go from there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 22 through 28. Let's look at it together. I'll read through it. And uh, if you'd like to turn to it in your own uh, Bibles or devices, you may. Just as a body, the one has many parts, but all of its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not be for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in the fact that God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts or many members, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. I like that, don't you? And the parts that we think that are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable, anybody have any of those? Unpresentable parts are treated with special modesty, hopefully. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there is... uh, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part 
suffers every part suffers with it. If one part of the body is honored, every part rejoices with it. We are told much about the church as the body of Christ. I want to share with you you this morning five basic truths about the body of Christ. Are you ready? These are really simple, straightforward, but hopefully you'll glean something from it. Number one, ready? Number one, the church relates to Christ as a body to its head. The church relates to Christ as a body relates to its head. Let's see what Scripture tells us. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22 and 23. And God has placed all things under His feet and appointed Him, who? Jesus Christ, to be head, everybody say head, over everything for the church, which is His body. The fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. And Colossians adds this, 1.18. And He is the head of the body, the church. And then in Colossians, into in addition, Colossians 2.19 adds this, a warning to the church about its relationship with Christ. Listen to what it says. And not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase that comes from God. Here's a warning to those who are not attached properly and totally dependent to the head. If a body is not holding fast to its head, problems ensue. So what does the head do? In a natural body, what does the head do? All of the signals, impulses, uh, neurological, all kinds of thought processes, everything is central to the brain. And we know that without a head, without a brain, without that central part of the, the nervous system, we know that a body actually begins to malfunction and cannot function, right? And so here we're told, in relationship to the church, we need to what? We need to always remember who's the head. The head is not the pastor, a bishop, a denomination. The head is Jesus Christ. And we should always remember that. We worship Him as such, but we need to hold fast. That urges us, let's don't forget this. It's not just a forgotten fact. We need to hold fast to Jesus Christ, the head. The church is inseparable from Christ Jesus, the head, in the same way that our physical body is inseparable from the head. Let's look at the second fact together. Number two, every believer is a member of the body. Now, this is true universally, but it's also true locally. Every believer is a member of the body. So if we talk about the church being the body of Christ, we saw from the scripture that we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says there is one body, but there's many different members. I mean, this is a pretty straightforward truth. We all know this, but every one of us are unique. I think that was one of the points that 1 Corinthians 12 was trying to make, right? We're all unique. Not everybody's an ear. Not everybody's an eye. Not everybody's a finger or a toe. And yet every part of the body is important and has its place. Romans adds to that insight when Paul says in verse 4 of chapter 12, For just as each of us has one body with many members, speaking of us physically, just as each of us has one body with many members, God has placed in the church those with different functions. 
And he adds to that in all of his writings. The idea is the body has many different members, but each member functions differently. You know, one of the traps I think we fall into is we try to be like someone else. We look at someone and how they function. We say, well, they have this and they do this and they're gifted here. There's something valuable about you just discovering how God has made you uniquely to function. Whether you are uh, an organ or a fingernail or whatever you may be in the body of Christ, you are vitally important. There are unique functions. And I love the fact that there's such diversity. There's such diversity in the body of Christ. I mean, there's, there, there's, there's medical specialists who focus on unique parts of the body, right? If you have a foot problem, you go to a podiatrist. Am I right? Yeah. The idea of specialized medicine today, I think, illustrates the fact that there are different members and there is diversity in each of them. And I think that's incredibly important. There's, thank God that in the church, thank God in this church, there's diversity of culture, there's diversity of race. And we find that true beauty is found in diversity. We can be one in Jesus. Remember the scripture that I read? Gentiles, free. Slave, free, Gentiles, Jews, genders, whether it's genders or races or ethnicities or cultures, we can be one in Jesus Christ. That is our unity. And let the dividing wall that seems to be erected between different parts of the body be removed. You know, even geographically, you know, one of my great joys is to discover uh, people around the world who are members of the body of Christ, who live in other countries, and in our uh, work around the globe, uh, be able to meet and connect with people that uh, we have we have members of the universal body of Christ, who are brothers and sisters and sister churches in different parts of the world. So whether you go to South Africa or whether you go to Belgium or whether you go to Japan, wherever part, whatever part of the world you're in, or whether you're just uh, in the same state that you live in, there are other members of the body of Christ. We need to value that. We need to appreciate it. We need to pray for them. And we need to understand that there's strength and beauty in diversity. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. amen. I'm glad that it's that way. Let's look at the third fact about uh, the body of Christ. The body is a living thing. It is an organism. Now, sometimes we fall into the trap of thinking of the church as just an organization. And frankly, there's many things about organized churches that can be a turnoff and they can really upset people and offend people. And it, becomes, it just can become really uh, disenchanted with that. Let us please remember that although even the physical body is an organized created being, isn't it? Quite organized. There's order in our physical body. God put order it together orderly. Uh, in the same way, the church is a living organism does have order. There should be, it should be organized. But we need to understand it is foremost a living thing, a living being, and it is alive. Romans reminds us, for just as each of us has one body with many members, these members don't all have the same function. So in Christ, though many form one body, and every member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Paul is describing a functioning, alive body. Many times I wonder, do we really appreciate the fact that we are an organic, living organism? And the implications of that 
for us as even a local church. The body is a living, active being and organism. Fact number four. The members of the body are vitally related to one another. This is really, really important. The members of the body are interrelated. Many uh, scientists and and uh, those who are involved in healthcare and and medicine and different aspects of uh, anatomy, studies of anatomy, will tell you that the body is so well connected that most of the things that go on in our bodies become systemic. In other words, the interrelationship between systems in the body cannot be ignored. So, how many of you ever noticed that sometimes if someone has an issue, they start with one specialist? Then they send you to another specialist. You ever notice that? Oh, well, now you need to go see a neurologist. Oh, now maybe you need to go see a cardiologist. You know, back in the old days, you went to one doctor. These are the days of specialized medicine, right? Why do you think it is that there is, there's probably many reasons, but one of the reasons is because so many things that affect our physical body are systemic. They affect different parts. So you might be affected psychologically. You might be affected uh, in, in your heart, and that's connected to this, and that's connected to the body. In many different ways. And it's the same is true in the body of Christ. The members are interrelated. I'll never, uh, how many of you before have, have uh, stumbled and you know, hit your toe on something or, or hit a pinky finger? And how many of you notice that every member of the body <laughs> rushes to its help and to its rescue? Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. I did a stupid thing last night. How many of y'all had a little thunderstorm blow through last night? Yeah. So, carry his hand. Bobby, you need to go take this down. You need to go move this or else it's going to be blown away. So in obedience to my wife, I rushed out and through the dark to take care of business on our patio. And coming back inside the house, I was in a hurry and I slammed the sliding door right on two fingers. My whole body rushed. I was on the floor. Oh, oh, oh. Just two little fingers. You can't even tell it today. But the point is, I had really good evidence of what I was going to teach you on this morning. The body of Christ, its the, all the members are interrelated. All right? My mouth, my, I mean, every part knew it. Every part knew it. Not only are we interrelated, but we have to be, this is so vital, interdependent. The scripture I just read to you from Romans chapter 12 says this. We are members of the body and we are members that belong to one another. What does that mean? It means that I am to be, if we're in a body together, this is a local church, a body of believers, we are to be interrelated. That suggests, by the way, that we have to have relationships. Attending, participating in a church as a disconnected observer is not biblical. Okay? I don't want to step on anybody's toes. It's not biblical. The New Testament biblical view of the church is it's a functioning body. And to be functioning, you've got to be interrelated. You've got to re- be related somewhere. And every member, notice that my, my arm is connected to numerous other parts of the body. It's all connected. You can't just have some dangling bone out there, right? Some organ that's a standalone organ. No, no, no. It's all interrelated. And we need to value that, understand that we need one another. 
I'm, you're a member. We are members together. And that suggests an organic exchange of life. Listen, you know what the body of Christ is supposed to be? It's supposed to be doing life together. So at the summer, we, we have some fun events. And someone says, y'all aren't very spiritual. Oh, well, you know, well, there's a time to be really, really spiritual. There's a time to have fun. There's a time to clean up. There's a time to do maintenance. You understand? There's a time to work together, to worship together, to pray together, to do life together. That's just normal body functioning. We're to be interdependent. Paul suggests this, when one member of the body hurts, we all hurt. When one's rejoicing, we all rejoice. How many of this week felt the impact of the terrible news from Charleston, South Carolina? As a member of the body of Christ, many members, a church, a, a, a sister church, a brother church, if you will, had the horrible loss of life and the terrible active shooter incident that took place there. How many of you just reacted? There was something that was visceral about it, that, that on the inside of you, just the any of you felt that? Yeah. You might say, well, anybody would have. No, I, I think some people don't care. But, but you know Why? Because the body of Christ, they're part of the body of Christ, universal. And that's why we should feel those things and we should suffer with one another and rejoice with one another. One of the ideas here of the members being vitally related to one another is the fact that we have to make sure that, that at all times we are conscious of our need for one another. Never, we should avoid at all costs the tendency and the propensity to be independent. That's the difference. Independent versus interdependent. We live in a country and a culture that promotes independence. Independence of individuals. It's getting worse and worse. Everybody wants more and more private space. More and more, just everybody leave me alone. This is me. I, this is my world, my stuff, my yard, my house. We really don't understand communal living. We, we really have no clue. Even the way that the, the church in the New Testament operated, we've really lost sight of that because we have some things that are competing with it today. Let's get back to a view of the body of Christ as a, a community of members interrelated and interdependent on one another. Let me give you the last fact. The last one is that the body of Christ must remain healthy to be functional. The body of Christ must remain healthy to be functional. There's nothing worse than having to deal with ongoing sickness. There may be nothing worse than seeing someone who lives with incessant pain. And when you begin to see someone whose body is affected by disease, sickness, pain, suffering, and you begin to watch the way it debilitates and causes dysfunction in someone's ability just to live life. It illustrates for us what can happen to the body of Christ. We have to stay healthy. And the truth of the matter is that not all churches are healthy. Is it true? I mean, we don't need to be in denial about it. Not all churches are healthy churches. And all churches can be healthier. Amen? So we want to be a healthy church. That means when disease comes, attacks come, we do everything we can to resist it, to, to work together, to, to go hand in hand, heart in heart, to pray against attacks that will come, to stand together in unity. Because a healthy body is a functioning body. 
And a healthy body is a body that reproduces and grows. I'll leave you with this one illustration on this. Colossians and Ephesians speaks to the idea of the body being made of joints. It talks about the body growing and is dependent upon joints, and then it's added, and Colossians adds ligaments. You know what I'm talking about? You've heard it, read it before? That we grow with the joints doing their part, properly functioning, and then ligaments. Have any of you just wondered, well, what's the significance of joints and ligaments? Here's it again. It's, it's taking off in this metaphor of the church as a body. A joint is simply what? It's where two members of the body connect. That's my joint. Everybody knows where your physical joints are, but do we know as well where the spiritual joints are? A joint in the body of Christ is an interrelationship. It's a relationship between two members. Have you ever noticed that one part of the physical body doesn't relate, although it's systemically connected in terms of the way that the body functions as a living organism, but it's not directly related to every other member? You ever notice that? So in other words, my hand is related to, I've got fingers, and I've got this bone and this bone and this bone, but this particular bone, although from a, a, a big picture standpoint, is related to my toe. It's not directly related to my toe. We need to give room to, for the fact that there's going to be relationships that are developed, interpersonal relationships in the body of Christ. You can't be intimate with everybody. It's okay to have those that you're more, in, more interrelated with than others, and yet keep in mind the fact that we're all related because we're all a part of the same body. Does that make sense to you? So anytime you just think about the church and how it should function, use the physical body as a picture that comes to your mind of how it ought to function properly. And a healthy body should reproduce. Amen? A healthy body should reproduce and grow. So we want to be reproducing other new believers. We want to add to the body. We want the body to be growing because people need Jesus. And we want to reproduce. Part of our vision is to reproduce new churches. So we want to send out churches. We're excited. Our target is this year, Randy and Laurie Bowden. Send them to, we're sending them off to Thailand as full-time missionaries in Thailand to run an orphanage there. We're excited about that. That's just, that's just first fruits of many things because a healthy body reproduces. Amen? And we're excited about that. I'm going to leave you with these questions. My time is up, and we're getting ready to celebrate communion together this morning at our close here. I just jotted down some questions that I felt God just was asking me for self-assessment, and you could add 10 more. So as I mention these questions, I want you to cause yourself just to reflect on them. It's kind of a self-assessment. First one is, do we see ourselves as a part of the same organism? Do we see ourselves a part of the same organism? If you're not, by the way, let me just urge you, you're not a part of this organism, find one. Find one that God is connecting you to. Does the church, do we submit to the headship of Jesus Christ when we gather together? Is the, Jesus the head, whether we're meeting in small groups or large groups, do we function 
as members of the body when we gather together? Are we conscious of what we may add, what our function may be, whether it be service, uh, helping out in some service area, whether it be giving someone encouraging, affirming word? Do we function? Do we, do we just, are we sitting, soaking, and being spectators, or do we view ourselves as functional members of the body of Christ? Do we depend on one another? Or do we live independently and individualistically? Do we fall into the cultural trap of independence, or are we working towards interdependence? Pendants. We could ask many other questions of ourselves. Can I pray for you as we close this time? And I've asked for Brent Lucy to lead us in our time of communion together. and So he'll come and, and do that. But I just want to pray for you as we close. And as your eyes are closed, I just want to ask for you to reflect. Are you related to Jesus Christ, the head? Is he the head of your life? Today, that question should be front and center. If you're not, if Jesus isn't your Lord and Savior, you're not connected to the head properly. And that means you can't function in a healthy way as God intended. And if not, I want to pray with you in just a second. Maybe you're here this morning and there's something else that you need to take personal, take home with you. Put into practice that you've gleaned from the message today. I pray you'll do so. Father, right now, I'm just going to pray a prayer and ask that you would agree with it. If, if maybe you've never prayed this prayer a minute in your heart, I'm going to pray it and you pray with me in your own heart. Lord Jesus, today I declare that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I repent and I turn away from my past, my sins, my life as I have once known it. And I decide that I'm going to be a follower of Jesus beginning this day. Lord, I receive your forgiveness. I believe that you are the Son of God. You are the Messiah. And you lived and you died on the cross for me. And you didn't just die, but you were raised from the dead. And today, I personally accept Jesus into my life. And Lord, if I've been running from you, if I've been avoiding this commitment, I refer, reaffirm it today. In the name of Jesus, amen.